And yet, I've got one more president to do. Fuck it. Drive through Oh, it. my God. So we've gone through, this is the 22nd president now? We've got 22% power left on the iPad. Let me see if I can do this. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> Grover Cleveland, a.k.a. Big Steve. I am not making that up. His first name is Steven. He was known as Big Steve before he was president. He decided to go with Grover to sound more grown up. (laughs) (laughs) He was a lawyer from New Jersey slash New York. Um, The first Democrat elected since before the Civil War. So the the country really must have hated Chester A. Arthur. They were like, all right, we're ready to get the Democrats back in here. (laughs) He was also the only president to get married in the White House in the Blue Room. Um, my first charge is Grover Cleveland, you creepy fucking bastard. Um, but more about that later. So Gumby actually told me this. So before Grover Cleveland was president, he may have had an illegitimate child with a woman by the name of Maria Halpin. And this woman named her chi- child... Os- child? Child. Oscar Folsom Cleveland. More on that in just a moment. Oh, is the Folsom prison named after him? I don't know. Oh, fuck. All right, so Oscar Folsom Cleveland may have been the bastard child of Grover Cleveland. She named the, you know, last name Cleveland in hopes that he might do something. And he did. He had the child taken away and put in an orphanage asylum, and then he had Maria committed to a lunatic asylum for saying that he was the father. In fact, she was released. Didn't I hear he raped her? Yeah. She was released from the asylum after the doctors realized that she wasn't crazy. She was fucking raped by this guy and had his baby, and then he threw her in an asylum. Um, so that happened. So Oscar Folsom. Who the hell was Oscar Folsom? Well, he was one of Grover Cleveland's friends, and... Okay, thank you for that. Um, Grover Cleveland had this friend and law partner, and his friend had a daughter. And let's see. You're distracting me. So Oscar Folsom was his friend, and unfortunately Oscar was thrown from a horse-drawn carriage and killed. Now, I didn't even get any. So... Once the father, Oscar, was killed, his little girl daughter, Frances, uh, was kind of adopted um, by Grover. Grover was... Wait a minute. Your story has an Oscar and a Grover? What? I'm trying to tell If there's a fucking snuffle up, I guess I'm going to shit my pants. There might be. All right. So listen. I'm getting ash everywhere. Okay. Are you following along? Because I'm, like, drunk and high. <laughs> so, listen. Last president. You can do it. There was uh, a little girl by the name of Frances Folsom. Oscar Folsom's daughter. Not Oscar Folsom Cleveland. That's a little baby. Grover is now the guardian of Frances. And he buys her, like, her first little baby doll stroller. Mm-hmm. My part of the podcast is going to suck. <laughs> okay. When So Grover was a bachelor. When Grover kept being asked 
why don't you get married? And it was suggested, why don't you get married to your friend's widowed, you know, the wife, the widow, um, <laughs> Mrs. Folsom. He's like, why do you keep telling me to get married to some old woman? Maybe I want to get married to somebody younger. Maybe I'm just waiting for my wife to grow up. Oh. Oh, my fucking God. So, Francis Folsom, who he is, like, the guardian to, grows up. And they continue to, you know, hang out and whatever and correspond while she's off in college. And it's at that point that Grover decides he wants to make a move. Because, you know, now she's going to be all, like, grown-up-y and stuff. He fucking married his, basically his adopted daughter. He married when he was 49 and she was 21. And I'm not saying it's always about age. (laughs) I'm definitely not saying anything about age. (laughs) That sounds like a lucky bastard. (laughs) But he literally married this little girl that he had cared for for most of her life. Um, And I think that's creepy. And I think he's also a bastard um, and a rapist. Um... Good Lord. But that's, I mean, that's just little details. Um, I charge him, and I I feel like that's also an abuse of power um, Mm. with, you know, raping a woman. But Rape itself is a... Yeah, yeah. a crime. But I'm just saying, like, that, that could also be considered that. All right. He was a supporter of Indian assimilation policies and using education as integration. Um... As Gumby had mentioned in previous uh, presidential administrations, private land ownership. And I like this one. He liked having the federal government as paternal guidance. I bet he liked that paternal guidance part with the Indians. Mm, Just like Francis. Um, He signed the Dawes Act in 1887 authorizing the president to divide Indian land into individual allotments. Two years later, he signed the Indian Appropriations Act, officially opening unassigned lands, quote-unquote, to white settlers. So um, Cleveland had said, while some Indians are lazy, vicious, and stupid, others are industrious, peaceful, and intelligent. While a portion of them are self-supporting and independent, others still retain in squalor and dependence almost the savagery of their natural state. So he wasn't a fan of Indians, big surprise. Um, But yeah, he basically opened up the quote-unquote extra land um, that the Indians were inhabiting. And he was like, oh, well, we could just sell that off to white people. He established laws and a six-member commission to more closely inspect how to move Indians toward quote-unquote civilization. This commission ascertained which reservations might be reduced in area, which Indians might be consolidated to other reservations, and which Indians, quote, should be invested with the right of citizenship. And... He did all this uh, as well as called for land surveys of all the reservations for the allotment of land um, for, you know, speculators on the railroads, etc. These Indians uh, who accepted an allotment of land were given either 40 acres for orphaned Indians 
or 160 acres usually for two single or two adults. But they had to live separately from their tribe for 25 years before they would be granted U.S. citizenship. Wow. So they had, like, stipulations for this land, right? Yeah, that is fucked up. And they had to work it, too. Um, yeah, and just think of the implications of that. Being away from your your tribe, the only life that you knew for 25 years. They're breaking you. They're breaking you even more than they've already done. Any remaining land was considered surplus and sold to non-Indians. By 1934, over 90 million acres of Indian land was lost, or two-thirds of the 1887 land base. Uh, two days before the end of his first term, he signed that Indian Appropriations Act, officially opening unassigned land in Oklahoma. That was the Indian Territory. He opened it up to white settlers under the tenets of the Homestead Act. Good Lord, I feel like I've missed some things here. Um, let's see. I'm going to back up. And... But I'm writing this for me, so don't try to... Okay. Oh, I wrote... Haha, I was trying to be clever, but now I'm drunk and high. So I said, not an Indians fan, Cleveland? Uh... Oh! Oh! Cleveland also hated on the Chinese, you know, the people who built a lot of the railroads out west. He didn't believe, I said this before, that they would assimilate. Um, so I charged him with being a Borg. It's pretty good. Wow, that's a new crime. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, on October 8th, 1888, he signed the Chinese Exclusion Act, which restricted Chinese immigration to the United States again as well as prohibited Chinese immigrants who returned to China, their homeland, from coming back to the United States. The federal government did not eradicate barriers to Chinese immigration until 1943. So if you left the United States to go back to see your family or something, you couldn't come back to the United States. So make your choices. Um, you had mentioned uh, the September 2nd, 1885 Rock Springs Massacre, or riot, in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. But I'll just mention a little, a few more details. Um, white miners killed Chinese immigrant miners. I said that. And both groups were employed by the Union Pacific Coal Company. Huh? 28 lay dead, 15 injured, 79 homes were set ablaze, and many of the dead and the wounded were thrown into the fire. Oof. Uh, February 6th through 9th, 1886, was the Seattle riot, where Knights of Labor rioters and federal troops, ordered by President Cleveland, removed, quote-unquote, over 200 Chinese people. So um, they were really hating on the Chinese immigrants out west, which is interesting because now it's, like, really full of Asian people. All sorts of up and down the West Coast. Um, let's see. Now, Grover Cleveland was known to be, like, laissez-faire in his economic policies. Um, that in the hard times, quote, though the people support the government, the government should not support the people. <laughs> Good times. Wow. Uh, yeah. He just fucking spelled it out, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, 
I, I guess I'm charging him with ineptitude or just, like, enforcing class hierarchy because he didn't get it right. Um, he didn't get it right with the Chinese. He didn't get it right with the Indians, which is, like, genocide. But he also didn't get it right with the white working class. Um, let's see. Check this out. So, during his first term... Gotta make sure we can move it over. I know. During his first term... There was a court case called Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad Company. Now, you can look this up yourself because there's a lot of shit going on in that uh, Wikipedia article. But the ruling of this court case was interpreted to mean that corporations are people, too, in the eyes of the Constitution. And the 14th Amendment, which was intended in the eyes of the Constitution uh, excuse me, that was intended to endow the freed slaves with the rights of citizens was cited to protect corporations from being deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Yeah, that blew my mind when you told me that because, like, that was a huge fucking turning point. Like, it still comes up a lot. And how sick is that? Like, now we have killed the indigenous false believers in animism – because we're Christians and believe in the one true God, and now we're assigning life to corporations. And How you know, fucking like darkly animist is that? It's like the Sith of the animists. Do you know what this was all over? The railroad company didn't want to pay taxes on fences that were bordering the fucking railroad tracks. So that's what gave corporations rights as people. Um, and I had mentioned this too. Judges and politicians assumed back then... I mean, kind of, and now, too, that competition would thwart any effort by corporations to abuse their privileges. The market, not the government, would serve as a regulator. Um, again, the laissez-faire uh, policies of Cleveland. And there was something else that was interesting. So there was a punishing drought in the mid-1880s in the United States, which drove thousands of farmers under as the global markets drove prices way down on corn, grain, meat, and even wool. Um, as this was happening, there was a request for $10,000 to be allocated to Texas farmers that were recovering from the drought. But during his first term, President Cleveland signed a law instead awarding $26 million in loans to private railroad corporations. And he vetoed the $10,000 to the Texas farmers. So thanks a fucking lot, President Cleveland, you bastard. Um, God, let's see. He did sign Labor Day into law in his second term, which we'll talk about in another podcast. And let's see, the last couple things I have. May 1st, 1886, there were 35,000 workers that walked off their jobs across the nation... There were 300,000 to upwards of half a million workers who struck. Um, tens of thousands more joined them on May 3rd and May 4th. On May 4th, the Haymarket Riot or Haymarket Affair or Haymarket Massacre took place in Chicago. It began as a rally supporting workers who were striking for an eight-hour day instead of like a 12-hour day or whatever and wages. Um, an unknown person and I put in parentheses, anarchist, threw a bomb into the police as they were um, trying to disperse the public meeting. 
This resulted in the death of eight officers and an unknown number of civilians. <coughs> I tried to look up <coughs> excuse me, the number of civilians. It says possibly four died and 70 or so civilians were wounded. That same day, on May 4th, 1886, there was the Bayview Massacre, or tragedy, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 7,000 building trade workers and 5,000 Polish laborers struck against their employers, demanding an eight-hour workday. Um, they were met with 250 National Guardsmen under the order of the governor. Seven people died, including a 13-year-old boy. Several more were injured. I wanted to tell you something about the anarchists in that Haymarket affair. Oh, I, I just heard that uh, – I, I don't know if this is a true quote, but I think it is – that when he was in prison, he said, I couldn't have thrown the bomb. I was home making bombs. <laughs> oh, 19th century humor. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're loving on um, Grover Cleveland, wait for our next episode because there will be more of his second term. Um, also in this time frame – Nikola Tesla quits working for Edison. And there's a funny drunk history that I might post on our Escaping Society website of uh, Nikola Tesla. I think it's the best one. Well, check this out. Edison said, like, if you get this to work, I will pay you $50,000, which was $1.1 million in, like, 2007. All right? Now... Tesla, upon completing the project, was like, okay, where's my money? And Edison was like, oh, once you're an American citizen, you'll understand the joke. And he refused to pay him. And Nikola Tesla was like, fuck you, I quit. In 1886, <laughs> Tesla formed the Tesla Electric and Manufacturing Company. Um, this was also the time frame that Mark Twain uh, published Adventures of Huck Finn, Published in February 1885, so that was in your, um, who was it? it? Hayes or Arthur? 1885? Uh -huh. I don't know. And in June of 1885, the stat... Arthur, the Statue of Liberty arrived in New York, and it was uh, it was also commemorated, I believe, later in that year. And it was commemorating the United States and France's love for each other in the Revolutionary War. Um, so those are the things that were happening back then. And so far, 22 presidents, and they all suck. Yep. All voted, um, voted in quotation marks by the people. And we're halfway to our current president, by the way. This is half the, uh, the number of presidents. Although if we get a new president before we finish this, we will be short, short less than half. True that. 